Welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover, your home for ice fishing news, tips, stories, and strategies. And now, your host, Chris Larson. Welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast. Today we're joined by Matt Addington, a professional photographer, and we're going to talk about ways that Matt can help you take better ice fishing photos while you're out there on your ice fishing adventures. Matt, thanks for joining the show. Hey, appreciate you having me on, Chris. Matt, can you tell us a little bit about your background and kind of where you're at as a photographer? Yeah, I, I've been, uh, you know, doing professional photography for about, I suppose, 12 or 13 years now. And I guess most of my focus ends up being in the outdoors industry, um, hunting, fishing, outdoor lifestyle, agriculture, um, you know, kind of in the commercial world on that front. So it's just been pretty lucky that, you know, the things that I'm passionate about in real life and the things that I do in real life um, intersect, you know, just beautifully with my ability to, to um, you know, shoot photos and, and make a living doing it. Yeah, you've worked uh, for Sitka Gear, you've worked for Yeti Outdoors, you've worked for companies like Markham and, and other companies in the ice fishing world. What type of cameras are you using? Well, I, um, for, for a lot of years, shot Canon DSLRs. You know, they're, they're pro-level bodies and L-glass and uh, had absolutely zero complaints and loved them to death. Um, this last, um, during this last uh, year, I had the opportunity to, to change over to um, Fujifilm. Um, we had a project, uh, a big project in Africa for three weeks that Fuji was involved with. So I started shooting uh, probably about a year ago now, the, the Fuji um, X-T3 mirrorless. And uh, now for the last year, I've been just super impressed with that. Love the, love the form factor and a lot of the, you know, the things that mirrorless gives you. Um, not to say that I don't keep Canon in the back of my mind. I've still got some of my Canon gear and with the upcoming release of Canon's new mirrorless stuff, I'm, I'm sure I'll take a hard look at that. But, but Fuji's been really good to me here this last year with, uh, with the results of the product that I've been able to you know, pull off from those cameras and lenses. A lot of people are going mirrorless. Like you said, the form factor, it's, it's smaller, it's lighter. What else does the mirrorless technology bring that maybe the DSLR doesn't bring for you? You, you just mentioned it. The, the overwhelming factor was the size. One, from a you know, packability standpoint, I travel a fair amount. So to be able to have an entire kit of you know, multiple bodies and lenses that you can literally fit in, an, in the overhead bin um, is, a, is a really nice thing. And then you know, doing the, the stuff that I do with, you know, with those bodies, it's, it's nice to not have a full-size DSLR with a with a battery grip and two batteries and a great big lens, um, carrying you know two of those on your body all day long is can get tiring, and to, to shed some of the weight and size um, mirrorless is, is really huge. But um, I love the um, I love the the hybrid nature. The, the, the Fuji the XT3s are phenomenal for for video. I end up shooting a lot of kind of hybrid type shoots. I call them where. I'm shooting photo and video for clients so the the um, you know the video capabilities to shoot you know 4k 60 and and uh, just a super super sharp image um, i love that the um from a still photography standpoint the autofocus is 
is out of this world with mirrorless. Um, those the the autofocus mechanism functions a little bit different than a DSLR. So focus tracking and autofocus is, is super super fast. Um, your ability to have the um, the electronic viewfinder is something that took me just a little bit to get used to, but man. I can't go back now. I picked up a DSLR the other day and looked through it and kept kind of pre-tapping the shutter, waiting for something to change. And I, I've really gotten used to that electronic viewfinder. So those are just a few things. Um, having the, the glass that much closer to the sensor results in just that much sharper images, in my opinion. Um, you're not traveling through as much space and glass to get to the sensor. So there's a, there's a lot of things that I think are are nice and and honestly the the pricing is is wonderful for for what you get so it's a there's a lot of win win with uh, with the mirrorless game. Yeah, it's uh, incredible to see some of the stuff that you can put out with those cameras, and really the other thing and we you kind of got in fairly deep there and we're kind of nerding out on some of these cameras, but the thing that we're really seeing obviously it's an Instagram world now is that the cameras on cell phones are becoming so good and that's really the reality you know 99% of the photos are gonna be taken out on the ice that's probably you know what's gonna take those photos you talk about the growth and kind of the evolution of the camera on the cell phones these days it kind of blows your mind when you stop and think about you know the camera that or the you know it's in my pocket all day long and it's in the pockets of you know everybody on planet earth practically um, Five years ago, as a professional photographer, the capabilities that that camera has would have cost, you know, five to ten thousand dollars. And now we're everybody has one. So, the the best camera that you can get is the camera that you have with you. And that's the great the other great thing about cell phones is that you usually have it with you, and you're available within a second or two to stop and take take a photo of whatever's happening in front of you. And now with the technology, albeit it's a pretty high, uh, you know, high quality photo as well. You told us a little bit earlier about all the different product or projects that you've been on, but there's some challenges to shooting ice fishing. What are some specific challenges to being a, a photographer or taking photos while you're ice fishing? Well, the, the, the first and most obvious is, you know, you're dealing with temperature. Um, like, vast majority of the work that I do, whether it's ice fishing or elsewhere, is is in the outdoors. So you're you kind of always are, you know, dealing with the elements. And whether you are a professional shooting ice ice fishing photos or you are a uh, you know weekend fishing warrior with your cell phone, um, the temperature is something that you have to deal with. So I, with the, the the gear that I bring, you know, I'm constantly having to make adaptations to. Um, keep things warm uh keep batteries warm specifically because they'll you know they can they can go quick when it's cold but if you're going in and out of a fish house you can't take a cold camera into a warm house and you, you there's lots of things to be thinking about and the other part of it is ultimately you know the photo that everybody wants is the photo of the fish and in ice fishing you don't have the ability to keep a fish alive for as long you can't keep it in a you know keep it in a landing net off the side of the boat you're you're pulling it from out from under the ice and you've got a real finite amount of time to get the photos that you want and you know get the, the fish back in the in the water if it, if it is indeed a fish you're going to release what does that process look like how do you kind of get ready what's your preparation like then once that fish is topside 
what do you do to get the, to capture the best photos? The thing that I think about and that I would encourage even just, you know, amateur cell phone photographer guy is rehearse this stuff in your mind a little bit. Think about, you know, once, once it does happen and once the fish is, is on top of the ice, what do I want to get? And um, kind of have gone through that on my end, if I'm on a, on a shoot where the fish is a real operative part of what we need to be shooting for, uh, for the assignment, myself and the, the angler or anglers and whoever else is involved, we've kind of talked about, you know, kind of what the plan is once we have the fish, because you just, you just don't have a lot of time to just stage things and style things and, you know, make sure that the lighting is right and the angle of the fish and where are we, you know, kneeling by the hole or where all of those things, they happen really, really fast. And, and again, I'm thinking in terms of the times that you're going to want to release the fish. Um, but even if it's a fish that you're going to end up keeping fish on the ice, uh, they, they, they definitely take on a different look to them after, you know, being out of the water for a little bit, that just had frozen look and you, you want things to look authentic. So I think, you know, kind of practicing and walking yourself through, what is going to happen and what this is going to look like is really important. That, that being true really with, you know, fishing in the, in the open water season as well, you know, trying to kind of plan through those things a little bit. How do you like to set up your shots? You know, you can talk about the, the whole, you know, long arming and hold the fish out towards the camera. So it'll look bigger. And I think there, there's an element of that, that, um, that is good. It, it, you know, you can enhance the size of the fish a little bit. With all of my work, I I really try to tell the authentic story and try to find the the thing that's maybe not quite as predictable. And and that would be true again outside of ice fishing as well. But I one thing I always tell folks is get get your camera to a place that the human eye doesn't spend its entire waking hours of the day. You know, we walk around and we look at things and we occasionally kneel down, but you know, get the camera right down by the ice or get the camera up above or look, look at things from a unique and different angle, which just gives the viewer something that, that uh, they feel something a little bit different than what they're used to seeing. You know, you kind of owe that to the fish. You owe that to the angler. I do like to get a little bit of low angle typically. Yeah, go ahead and hold the fish out just a little, I guess. But another thing that I see and you know, everyone that's ever walked in a bait shop and looked at pictures on the you know, bulletin board, most of those photos are the anglers holding the fish straight out in front of them, you know, maybe arms locked and the fish, the fish is superimposed almost on top of the angler's body. And I, I really like to get off to an angle a little bit off to a side where the fish is, is presented against the open sky or against a different background than the body of the angler. So those are things that, you know, getting that camera just in a unique place uh, that, that does make that look a little bit different. Um, there's lots of ways, you know, we could talk about holding the fish and, you know, what to do with that. The, the, the most common mistake is people just grab that fish with their hand all the way around the body of the fish. And it, that's one thing that's certainly going to make the fish look a little smaller, especially if you've got big hands. So to be able to kind of grip the fish and get going, probably under the, under the gill plate where you can sort of control the head of the fish and use your other hand to, you know, lift and hold, but keep your fingers kind of tucked underneath the fish. Those are all things that are, you know, really great to, to make the fish look good. And if it's a, 
If it's a 30-inch walleye, you're going to want to remember that story, but there's a lot of times that you've got a 20-inch walleye that maybe the story of how it happened or where you were or who, who you were with or the the beauty of the surroundings is something that you want to capture, and to make that fish look good as well is really important. Um, when people are out taking photos outside, one of the things that, that they're often wondering, and, and you want to kind of work with shadows and work around them, how do you deal with shadows? Where are you kind of putting the subject if you've got sun that day, setting people up um, with regard to where the sun is and how the shadows are hitting the person? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. And I think a lot of people, you know, they immediately go to the, let you know, get as much light on the subject as possible. And I, I have uh, subjects and people that work with me and alongside me that kind of shake their head a little bit when I tell them that I want their the sun on their back. And I, I shoot, I mean, whether it's fishing or otherwise, I shoot a lot of photos looking into the sun. The Especially late in the day, you know, early early in the day and late in the day when is my kind of magic time to work, um, those end up being kind of the most dramatic photos when you've got the ability to shoot into the sun. Um, if you've got a way that you can block the sun from hit, you know, directly shining right into the, the lens of the camera. That's, you know, that's a nice thing to have an assistant, you know, flagging your lens for you if you need to. But um, I, I like to shoot into the sun just with a little backlight, little rim light. I'm often evaluating the way the sun is hitting the ground around my subject. And if you can have your subject place in a shadow, now obviously ice fishing, there's typically not a lot of shadows that you're working with unless you're sitting next to a wheelhouse or a vehicle but um, if you position them in the shadow and then use the ambient light that's that's bouncing off of the snow or you know if it's a gravel road or finding those spots where there's ambient light kind of bouncing off things gives such a flattering nice light to uh, to your subject so I shoot into the sun and then I look for that kind of that bounced light and how I can get that onto my subject. We've been talking a lot about hero shots and, you know, the long arm obviously kind of gets a, a bad rap and how to set up your hero shots. And these are good things to know, but what about shooting when there are no fish? What kind of things are you looking for and how are you shooting just kind of the, the daily life of the ice angler? You know, that's, I, I love that question. And I love when people recognize that as, as the story. And I, you know, there's times where, you know, you just, you don't have fish to work with. And I think one of the things that's allowed me to be successful in the industry and in, in the world of photography is that I've been able to kind of authentically tell a story or capture moments that are the real moments. Having that big fish and posing with it is great. That's, that's one snapshot, but there's, there's so much that leads into that, or maybe that, that, like you said, there are no fish, but it's the, the fact that you are, you know, on a big lake with no horizon and you're one little speck on a, on a massive moonlight like uh, landscape, or you're, you're with a son or daughter or with a, you know, with a, a grandpa or a grandma, there's, there's some sort of human interaction um, to capture the authenticity of that. Or maybe it's just, you know, a guy sitting on a five gallon pail and that's, that's authentic, like ice fishing. And, and, you know, you don't have to have a, an awesome, uh, an awesome, you know, Yeti wheelhouse or something like that to, to experience ice fishing. And so to capture the normal everyday moments of, of the experience and try to tell that story is something that, 
that I love. I love kind of being off the script a little bit. And, you know, I've worked with plenty of creative directors and, you know, art directors and folks that are on the set, you know, with the shot list and giving me the list of things that we need. But I, I love being able to tell the story and ultimately have those, have those clients after the fact, look at what we captured that was a little bit off script and be able to use those to kind of, to tell their brand story. So those are, uh, are really important. And, you know, it's just taking the time to look around at all the things that are happening the things that are beautiful um, other than having a, having a big fish to take a, a picture of. So uh, those are things that I just really try to have my radar on with. What's your favorite ice fishing photo that you've ever taken? Oh man, that's a good question. And I'll often get asked about like, what's your favorite photo that you've taken? You know, just a general question like that. And more so than I think of a photo that hangs on a wall or is on the cover of a magazine or a catalog, I'm thinking about the power of the story that accompanied it. And I could, I could pull up almost any photo and the excitement that I have in telling the story that went along with it. Um, that's what makes things almost my favorite, if you will. Um, so gosh, that's just such a, such a tough question. Um, we, we recently, you and I were together on a, on a commercial shoot not long ago, and we spent a couple days on Mille Lacs shooting for a, a catalog shoot. And we had just the, the craziest of foggy, cloudy conditions. And it was like we were in a, in a snow globe for a few days. And some of those images, just the kind of that surreal, um, ethereal feeling of not knowing what direction was north and south. And you just kind of floating in this white space, I thought was, was very powerful. And then to, you know, capture images along the way that kind of told the story of what was happening. But uh, gosh, that's such a good question to think of, like, what would be one? I did take one uh, a couple of years ago that was uh, an underwater shot that was kind of scripted and set up where I drilled two holes and um, I lowered a camera down below the ice through one hole and shot up through the ice past you know past the bait past the transducer and you could see the the fishermen from below the water which you know was a uh, was a very scripted and planned shot but that was one that I was pretty proud of and was pretty again talk about getting your camera to a unique angle that was kind of a fun one that's cool Matt we've had a nice talk here is there anything that I didn't ask you about photography while ice fishing that you wanted to get to no and I, I mean I just encourage folks with the, the being able to tell the story of what they're doing. Everybody, you know, like you mentioned earlier, we're in this Instagram world where everybody wants to kind of document what's happening. And uh, I just, I always encourage people to, to try to, to find the moments and, and take pictures that are going to make somebody feel something. That's kind of my goal with all the work that I do is that the people that look at those images would feel something, whether it be uh, they could relate with a story like that, or they could relate with, having a fish in, you know, in a situation like that, or, Hey, I remember that time I was with my dad and now I see this image. And so trying to find the, uh, the moments and the, you know, the opportunities to capture kind of just real life of fishing or whatever it is that they're doing, especially in the outdoors, because to, to paint that picture and tell that story is, uh, is huge. And it's something that as you look at mankind throughout history, we've, you know, painted pictures on walls of caves and 
stuff to try to document the outdoor experience. And I've, I'm just very grateful that I get to continue to do that now. Awesome, Matt. If people want to see your work and what you've been doing, where can they find you? Probably, you know, my Instagram, like everybody else, is kind of the latest of kind of what's been happening. And uh, that's just at Matt Addington. Uh, MattAddington.com is my you know website with uh, photos and videos and stories of, of some of the adventures I've been on to. So it's um, kind of just keeping up with everybody else's story. And, you know, I, I love being able to share mine, too. So those probably be the places. All right. Thanks so much, Matt, for coming on the show. Really appreciate your time and your insights. Hey, appreciate it, Chris. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover. For more ice fishing content, visit our blog at catchcover.com.